Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hey, uh, by a quick show of hands, does uh, is there an elephant in the room? Does anybody see an elephant in the room? Whatever room you're in, is there an elephant? All right, all right. Is that it? I would suggest, um, you know, I'm no sproctologist, but I suggest we should all raise our hand. When we talk about the elephant in the room, I think uh, we could we could go look in the mirror and see um, a metaphorical, I'm not making any physical judgment, a metaphorical elephant in the room, and that's our subconscious. I'm so stoked for tonight's episode. The title tonight is Subconscious Power, and our guest is Kimberly Friedmutter. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. Um, but I want to go back to this elephant in the room. The, uh, the cosmic two-by-four that cracked me open um, I've shared on the show many times. Um, I never saw it coming. I was uh, um, I was working in TV as an engineer. My life was going pretty well uh, as far as a career, but my life was getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, I was imploding, um, imploding on myself and I ended up on a shrink's couch and uh, I got cracked open. I'm not going to tell the story in depth, but I got cracked open by a, uh, an, a startling event that I didn't expect to happen. An immense amount of emotional energy came out of my psyche. And when I talk about an elephant in the room, I'm going to raise my hand the highest because unbeknownst to me at the time, Anger, I hey, hey, I'm an easygoing guy. What's going on? I don't get mad. There can't be a problem with anger here. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anger was like this strong arm reaching over my shoulder, grabbing the steering wheel, yanking the steering wheel to the side and taking me off the road. And I'm off driving through the desert in some... 69 Cadillac mowing down Joshua trees. I'm nowhere near, I'm nowhere near coherent of who I am. At that time, I had no clue that the elephant in the room for me was unresolved anger that was in my subconscious. And it was making so many choices it was automatically making so many of my day-to-day choices. Imagine, you, you, um, I'm just going to keep the number manageable, that you have a 1,000 choices a day. So you wake up in the morning, and there's a big-ass table, and here's a 1,000 choices. Well, just take your arm and, and, and slide 950 of them off the table. Just slide them right off the table, and they crash on the floor. That, that's kind of what it's like when you have subconscious dogmas. And uh, 
for 25 years I've been scrubbing my psyche and I'm, I'm totally fascinated by this idea of the subconscious, the subconscious aspect of our demeanor, of our persona, of who we think we are. So I think we should get into it. Again, the topic tonight is subconscious power, using your inner mind to create the life you've always wanted. This is the name of our guest, Kimberly's book. She shares the secret to navigating life's hurdles and achieving your highest goals and deepest desires. And the techniques that she shared with stars and political power brokers. Drawing on her rigorous training as well as her own incredible life from launching an internationally modeling career at the age of 14 to marry a world-renowned architect and designer and applying her mystical gifts to help the famous and influential. She shows everyone how to tap into the source within them for creativity and courage to achieve a positive and lasting change and live a great big marvelous life of their dreams. She is a world-renowned hypnotherapist who works with some of Hollywood's best-known luminaries, titans of industries, and politicians from across the country. She is a member of the prestigious UCLA Health Systems Board, the American Board of Hypnotherapy, the Association for Integrative Psychology, and the International Hypnosis Federation. She's also a certified master hypnosis and a certified neuro-linguistic programming trainer. Join me in welcoming Kimberly to the show. Kimberly, we finally have have you on the show. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. So, was I too far off base there? I mean, is it safe to say that um, we all have some elephants in the closet, so to speak, and, you know, metaphorically talking about our subconscious? Yes, um, but the most interesting thing you said was that you had all of this anger in your subconscious. That is where emotions sit. So that is the original place for them, the housing. So anything that you feel comes from your subconscious, and then the things that you most often do come from your conscious mind. So really we're double-minded. There's consciousness and subconsciousness. So the, the conscious is what you do, and the subconscious is who you are. And, of course, a, a large part of who we are are our emotions and how we express ourselves. So while you say that you had all of this anger, that's absolutely true because that's where it lives. Everything, good emotions too, joy, happiness, ecstasy, it's all in the subconscious mind, which is why I chose to focus on that part of the mind. <laughs> so I want to be where the happy place is. I want to be where all the goodies are. <laughs> and I want to turn that frown upside down. And so I made a career out of really focusing on the touchy-feely part of us, which is, again, the subconscious. Well, I like that, but um, by its very nature, it's off the radar. It's subconscious. I mean, uh, like sprinkling flour on the kitchen floor to see if you've been sleepwalking. Um, how do you how do you start to unravel the parts of you that you don't even know whether they exist or not, or as far as their characteristics and and attributes? 
Well, it's a good question. And really, like, why would we, right? So everything's moving along fine in your life. And, you know, maybe you're not here or there, don't have any big explosive, you know, uh, epiphanies or anything like you did in your life. I don't know, you know, the details of what you were speaking about, but or speaking to, but, you know, we all have things that, that come up here and there. And so, the reason we would want to explore the subconscious and the reason I even wanted to write the book was because I want the easiest life that I can forge for myself in the aspect of uh, my gifts. So for example, like I said this to a client just yesterday, I said, you know, when you go to these red carpet things and, you know, you, you walk in or it's a special party or anything, you get like a goodie bag, right? Like now they call them swag bags, but goodie bags, and it's full of all kinds of things. And so I believe when we come into this planetary experience, experience we end up with this gift and whatever that bag holds is our you know things to work with and so some people have beauty some people have smarts and intellect some people have social skills whatever that is and then you develop those things that you know the weak muscles you develop the things that you need in life that you didn't get in the goodie bag well one thing we all got was a mind and it's two-parted so we have the subconscious again and the conscious but the thing is is that the conscious can complicate your life and the subconscious can simplify your life and so why focus on our emotions and why focus on this part of the uh, mind and unravel it as you're saying is so that we can have an easier nicer life I said to the publishers I'm not interested in giving people one more thing to do we're all super busy. Another what I call shelf help book where people just buy it and they put it on the shelf and they feel better. But the idea of giving people a thousand less things to do in a day because you're utilizing this part of your mind that you already came into this experience with is magical. When you take a week, and I, I promise just one week of doing what your subconscious is urging you to do when you feel that little tap on the shoulder or that little um, nagging feeling, you know, did you turn off the oven, did you lock the door, all these things, if you follow those little impulses for one week, it can evidence to you, no matter what those impulses, you know, guide you to do, it can evidence to you that it'll make your life easier. That's the part of the subconscious mind I was interested in getting into because, you know, so much is swirling around us and our life has gotten extremely conscious, you know, bells and whistles and things in your car because your bumper's too close to the other one and all this kind of thing, you know, <laughs> the phone beeping every two seconds for whatever, you know, you got a message that's getting ready to be a message for another message. And so, you know, it's all that is, again, igniting adrenaline and cortisol and things in our body when we're really just meant to run from the bear. You know, we're not meant to be at, at alert all of these thousands of times in a day. And so if we can temper our conscious mind and we can literally turn up the volume on that subconscious, we'll be better for it. Very nice. Well, how did you come into this? I mean, because um, you've written a book very specifically about the subconscious. And when I read your introduction, you're, you're very much anchored in the industry. But um, did you have an inkling as a kid or I mean, what what drew you to this topic for you to immerse in it so completely in your life? I was always interested in human behavior. I had a fairly dysfunctional upbringing. I hate to use the term because, you know, a lot of people will say, well, who didn't? 
Um, but I decided that my life could be better if I observed it and just kind of separated from all the mayhem. So in that course of, of that, I became interested in why people do what they do. There's no part of the mind that's better to look at why we do what we do than the subconscious. Secondly, um, as an adjunct to that, I had, like you'd mentioned, had been modeling and then acting and doing film and television and all these kinds of things on my own in L.A. And um, what came from that was a radio talk show on the Howard Stern station, KLSX 97.1 Los Angeles, which was the only FM talk station at the time. And I obviously then had a large following and large listening audience, as you do, and all of these things. And I started to experience a new emotion of stage fright. <laughs> so, and, and it's interesting because there was no stage and it was just, you know, a listening um, version, just something, I don't know, something crept in. So I went to see a hypnotist about it because I needed to get rid of it quite quickly because the show was starting. And so she hypnotized me and I went back on the air and I couldn't find the fear at all. And when I say I couldn't find it, I mean, I literally started looking for it. Well, is it going to be, you know, after an outro or maybe the next intro, like almost like abandoned from a good friend, right? I felt right. like, where'd it go? And so I'm looking for it, you know, under every bush and in every crevice and I can't find it anywhere. And it was as simple as that. And so I thought, wow, that's like really fascinating. What else can it do? So of course I had a laundry list of things that I'd like to perfect and so I took that to her and we worked on them and it was the easiest thing because seriously from the end user result, I felt like I was laying there and had a nice snooze and the reality is she was doing deep work um, in the only place that would make those instant changes. So I was forever grateful and decided to study it so then again I could learn more about it and then I thought, wow, this is really it. And in studying, we have clinical, you know, different sessions and whatnot with people. And I saw miraculous things happening, things that felt like they were pure miracles. And really all they were was just rebooting, like, you know, kind of less or Kimberly 2.0, just really like upgrading our software, if you will. And when that was happening, I was, I was completely mesmerized, to use a good hypnotic term, and entranced, to use a second hypnotic term, by the protocol. And so I decided this was the place for me because it gave me great joy that my clients didn't have to really do anything. All they do is just really lay there and just as long as you can hear your hypnotist, you're good. And um, I just found it fascinating. And I still do. I mean, you, you had asked me before, was there anything, you know, that, um, you know, that I'm, am I still fascinated by the brain and, and every day more so. It's amazing how quickly you can change your mind about something when you address the subconscious. It doesn't have to be laborious and years and years and years of monkey on your back and, you know, feeling bad about yourself and all the negativity and negative self-talk and all of those things that we, that we model after, you know, whether it be people that came before us or our friends, it just doesn't have to be that hard. In fact, I coined the term, what if it's easy? Because it is. <laughs> I've got news. I come to the village with news. It's easy. <laughs> and I'm on a horse. <laughs> with a trumpet. <laughs> Very nice. It draws an image. Well, you know, the. Um, so if I'm a listener to the show and I'm thinking, you know, subconscious, uh, yeah, sure. But um, 
we've all had our life kind of turned on its head in one way or, or the other in the last couple of years. And uh, a lot of unexpected uh, changes, perhaps, in our lives. To talk to the conscious mind, perhaps the ego mind, how would you explain the influence of the subconscious mind as you're going throughout your day? In other words, um, if I've only thought in my mind, I've, I've just been in my in my head my whole life, and I'm going to start to think about the idea of having a subconscious influence in my day-to-day life, how would you describe how the subconscious is present in our everyday experience? I would say it's, um, first and foremost, there's many ways, but I would say it's inklings that you get, it's epiphanies, it's aha moments, it's inspirations, it's also what happens when you're sleeping. I mean, we spend a large part of our day um, that we call night in our subconscious mind. So right as you're drifting off to sleep, you're going into trance. And then as you're in sleep, all of these amazing functions are happening with your body that you have no control over. Um, cellular renewal, healing, immune system boosting, you know, all of the things that are that are like behind the scenes. It's like back of house. You know, if you think of a restaurant or, or a resort, back of house, that's all the back of house things that are happening that you never see. People are fascinated by their dreams. What do they mean? You know, you can talk in your dreams to your dreams. So, like, if you see something in your dream and you're uh, not sure of, you know, what it, what that thing is there for or what you're supposed to get from it, you can simply ask. And just hearing my voice say that, for anyone who's interested, when you go to bed tonight, just simply ask in your dream. You can literally separate your subconscious from your conscious and you can ask what are you doing here what do i need to know you can tell things to leave you can tell them to come closer you can tell them to visit you the next night if you want you know it's all of that we have this freedom of mind that we don't really exercise and the beauty of this is what to get what we want to be comfortable in this lifetime to have like vessel assist you know you've got coast guard comes and helps the the ailing ship right and so you right, have vessel yeah. assist but you have it all in your own mind so for example uh, one of my clients recently had lost a necklace and so we went back through we attached her love of that necklace to memories and then the memories started coming so that she could remember what she was doing if you if you go at it with I lost my necklace I need to find my necklace you're so in need that you can't see anything you're literally blind with lack and it's an interesting thing you know how you're holding a pen or your phone or your eyeglasses and where's my stuff where's my stuff and you're panicking because you have to run out the door and you're on your phone and your glasses are on your face and your pens in your hand but you can't see any of it and right. so when you relax into the love of that thing if it's something that you loved if you relax into the the you know so I start with Where'd you get it? How'd you get it? You know, what was it like? Tell me all about it. So you start taking the fear away from the from the lack and the loss of that item. Simple things like that. Finding great parking spaces. Um, when you meet people, getting natural senses of who's good for you in the short term, midterm, or long term. Simple, like reconnecting with your animal magnetism. 
you know, trance is nothing more uh, than what has you fixated. So, for example, in the course of a day, you go to the refrigerator and you don't remember if you were hungry or what you came in there for, or you're watching a movie, perfect, you know, thing, binge watching. That's all hypnosis, friends. <laughs> it's like you are mesmerized and entranced by that show one after another you look at you know the clock and eight hours has gone by that is trance look at any child with an ipad or any child watching an animal play with a ball anything that has our attention a dancing fire you know anything at all that's got you has you hypnotized if you're if you're unsure of what has you hypnotized list your top five priorities in life and you'll know is it nature is it your family is it you know outside like outings is it knitting is it golf you know whatever that thing is that's your hypnotist that has you entranced and then of course trance is a very normal state during the waking state it's not just while we're sleeping so during the day when you start you know kind of drifting in your thoughts you start thinking of either the past or the future or you know you don't realize how you know you actually consciously drove the last five miles because you've been daydreaming I'm all for zoning out zoning in is not where it's at zoning out you you start to open yourself to information that's outside of you you know, I have a lot of really um, nice and gracious blurbs and, and book um, kind of endorsements from some famous people. If you have the book there, you'll see Martha Stewart, Jennifer Hudson, Mike Tyson. You'll see all these fantastic people who have done a lot of fantastic things. The one thing that everyone tells me um, inclusively to, like, everyone is that their life became bigger and more fantastic than they ever imagined. Well, where does that come from? I want to be on that channel. I want to tap into that frequency. So when you're in your subconscious state, you're non-resistant to anything that's coming for you in a beautiful way. So that's the part we want to tap into. That's the part that said, oh, wait a minute, you know, next next year we could all go to, you know, this place and we could do that, or I could apply for this, or I, what is, what's my potential to do this it's higher thinking and that all comes from the subconscious which is extremely attached to symbolism if you see a peace sign or you see prayer hands you know look at our little emoticons now everything is a symbol and that is purely subconscious because the subconscious understands symbol why does that line and circle with the lines in it mean peace and it means peace globally right So we're all connected on a subconscious level. Very important to connect for your happiness because you can get anything you want as long as you connect there. And it's, and it's anything, you know, whether it's even IP, you know, maybe you're interested in writing a book yourself and, and you want some um, inspiration or you want some excitement around that project. Simply go to your, like literally close your eyes, center yourself so that you're focused on your interior and ask, what do I need to do in order to get this done? And then as images start coming, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, because we're just vessels. And so if we're in lack, it's because our little vessel is tilted. There's one kind of fun thing, I don't mean to chat your ear off, but there's one really fun thing that I would love for people to do, and it's fascinating. If we had organized this, I could have sent it to you by mail. But one thing I do when I speak with large groups is I put an image, a tear sheet from a magazine. So it could be an image of a vehicle or an avocado or a basketball. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be, you know, real dominant shapes. It's good if it's not an obscure abstract image. If it's something that's like you look at that thing and you know that's what it is, like a hat or a ski boot or whatever. And you fold that image up, put it in an envelope, and you hand it to someone sealed. And you have them 
them connect with the envelope. They're holding it, they're connecting with it, and then on the outside, just have them write anything, doodle, they can scribble, they can just, you know, whatever, write words, it doesn't matter, they can write the name of a color, and then have them open it up, and more often than not, it's the exact same thing that was inside. Now, how does that happen? They don't have any access to the information, right? They couldn't see it. It's simply because information moves in such a fast way that if you're awake to it, like this exercise, you can play and participate. Children love this. Like, it's so much fun. I carry around in my purse these envelopes and pens. And anytime I see someone that just seems like a little bored or a little down or a little whatever, I hand them and I say, just scribble on the outside, whatever you think is on the inside. And, of course, everybody thinks, oh, that's impossible. And then they're completely wowed by their own ability not not to practice, you know, they call it remote viewing. I know our government uses it, and a lot of people use it for different things to, to find installations around and things like that. You don't have to have access to things. That's how powerful we are. Well, very nice. Well, the uh, I want to delve more into this side of the topic, but I uh, before that, I just want to touch a little bit about um, – subconscious motivations that are um, that aren't serving us and I'm going to use my own example um, before I got cracked open in other words before I realized I had an immense amount of anger in my subconscious in hindsight when I look at how was that influencing me day to day I realized that my ego was really scared to death of anger my ego was petrified of the feeling of anger. And um, I'm not going to go into it too much, but my uh, family household, my dad was a World War II vet. Um, I, I love the man very dearly. I've, um, but his anger would just, um, the whole household would try to become invisible. And then fast forward, decades and I'm now I'm married and I have a job and all this stuff and I realized that any choice that my ego might make that might bring an angry response in myself was immediately put off the table in other words um, my boss my boss put me on the shrinks couch because he'd belittled me every day. You really think that's going to work? Are you sure about that? He second-guessed me, and and it would stir up my, my subconscious anger without my conscious mind being aware of it. And so I couldn't challenge him because I might get mad. My ego was scared to death of what might happen if I were to resort to anger, and that's why I had accumulated so much of it. So I just wanted to get your take as far as um, what are the possibilities of, of subconscious imprinting in our own psyche that has influence about how we go through our day? Uh, I just, I'm curious as to your take on that. Well, we're speaking about anger like it's a bad thing, first of all, which it's not. I love so it now. Anger, I, I do love yeah. it now. Yeah, anger is our friend because That's we right. 
it's pretty easy to see what's good with us when you know you have something and you're capable of feeling. Chances are we're supposed to have it. There is appropriateness. And so I do this, uh, I run a model with my clients where we do a um, an anger model. You know, it's a stimulant and it's, a like I said, a very good thing to have, not only to have it, but to have a grasp on it. Um, because what you're what you're speaking to that in your family and with your father and everything was his expression of the anger, and right. so that's that's different, um, and that you know had everybody scurrying for the baseboards, right? So the we learn normally we learn. I don't know how is your dad still living? No. Okay, so I don't know if he learned how to express himself properly. But um, there's a lot of things that fuel that testosterone can fuel that PTSD can fuel that. Right now I have a client that has had a stroke. And so he gets very angry in the evenings. Um, You know, there's a lot to it. It's, it's like saying, you know, we have meat, but doesn't necessarily mean it's a stew, you know, it could be different forms of meat. So um, but the expression and the appropriateness, one of the models I run is with timeline therapy, and basically it is to pull the emotion out of the old emotion of anger, to pull the emotion out of the old emotion of sadness so that you can experience them, but in appropriate doses, so to speak, and, right. and mostly, mostly for other people, because the most angry people think they're fine, and it's the other people that don't want to be around them, right? <laughs> so right. Usually, it doesn't, usually it doesn't really hurt the, the user. It hurts the people watching, the observers. So, um, and, and I don't mean to, to make it a small thing, but it really is just the expression. Um, and, and, you know, those could be expressions for anything. You could turn around and say, well, you know, I didn't express love either, right? Sure. So, yes. and, and we model after our parents. And so I'm, I'm glad that you looked at your parents, or at least it sounds like you looked at your parents and said, that, that's not for me. So as, as instead of being a repeat offender, you're more like the, you know, a mismatcher where you go the other direction. So that's good. Um, or at least you learn to. But yeah, handling anything, handling money. You know, I don't want people afraid, so afraid of um, their emotions that they feel like something's really wrong with them. Handling finances, handling friendships, handling your social calendar, handling, you know, your work schedule. Look at all the things we have to handle. And so if someone doesn't handle their anger, then all of a sudden, you know, we villainize them a little bit. But there's well, a lot to handle. The the. The anger now, I like anger a lot because um, it's a much shorter term event for me. If I feel anger come in into my psyche, it's showing me something incongruent with myself. And then the energy of anger is so powerful. So it's showing me the problem. And then here coming along with it is this vessel of energy to resolve the problem. It's really kind of brilliant. Um, mm mm-hmm. Anger is a very powerful, wonderful thing to keep you congruent with yourself, so to speak. But it's um, an instigator. I, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, I did want to touch on that, but now to flip it back over and and look at our subconscious as um, a doorway to new possibilities for our life. So in 2020, industries, industries collapse like uh trade shows they they went non-existent for a while and and how many people 
um, in the world have had their livelihood put put on hold or so mangled by the last couple of years, how can our subconscious, how can the wisdom, the the perception, the um, intuition of our subconscious help our conscious mind navigate aspects of our, quote, life, unquote, that we can't piece together with our own uh, thinking mind, so to speak? Well, here's the beauty of us is that we do. So there's a thing called hedonic adaptation, and that is our keen ability to adjust to circumstances around us. So while we don't think we adjusted well, I believe we adjusted miraculously. If you look at, you know, you could say, yes, you know, the market tanked and this happened and that happened and people getting upset and all this. It doesn't mean we had to like it, but we did adapt. And the majority of us, obviously those who were able to stay healthy and were blessed enough to survived it. But the thing is, is we did survive it. You know, we did move through it. And I know, like, I have five people out just in my close circle right now who still have COVID and, you know, all these other things that are happening. But the truth is, is that we are highly adaptable and we did adapt. Now, just like anything, change or die. I mean, that's just the way the world is. A plant abides by that same natural universal law, change or die. You know, the plant starts as a seed and then it cracks open and then it germinates and then it becomes a thing and then it grows and then it's beautiful for a minute and then it starts to recede and and necrotize. So everything in life has that cycle. But look how, if you look at it amazing, you know, from the amazing way that we did survive it, I mean, now look how businesses are run. So you could say, well, yes, but now, you know, large um, shopping centers and um, like you mentioned, um, and funny that you mentioned the convention centers because just the other night, like two nights ago, I had dinner with one of my girlfriends who books all of those in the beautiful city of Las Vegas, Nevada, which is convention center central, right? That's right. So, yep. um, yeah, and she said that her bosses told her no more bookings, stop booking. They are so inundated. The pendulum has indeed swung so far the other direction that she never in her 40-year career has ever been told, don't book anymore. Wow. I mean, that's fascinating. We can take no more bookings. And this is for major, 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 you know, convention town and conventions, the biggest conventions in the world come here. So imagine that. The resorts and casinos are booked to full capacity having years like they haven't seen, stellar years ever, 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 ever. So you can see that what went on, you know, yes, it was tin famine, but we're in the feast stage now, you know, for that sort of thing. Travel and all that kind of thing is up. So you see that, that we did adapt. And if something else happens again, because I'm certain that that was our starter pandemic, you know, for us, if something happens again, it happens and we'll adapt the same way we adapted to this. So it just is, you know, it's part of the neuroplasticity. It's part of, you know, um, evolution. It's part of all of those things that we're able to hedonically adapt. Fascinating. Because Very the number nice. one goal of the subconscious is your survival. And so knowing that we change or die, we move forward or we die, you know, we proceed or we, you know, recede, right? So here we are 
you know, and, and I mean, you can look at it that it was all terrible or you can look at it that we, you know, we emerged, which we did in pretty short order, by the way. You know, when you look his, historically at what's happened with pandemics, pretty short order, you know, we righted that ship. So, yes, it was terrible. We lost many people. The whole thing was, you know, a big shock for everybody. However, if you look on the flip side, here we are. Right. You know, well, no. and, and we're not that scared. I mean, look, we're all going out. We're all doing, you know, we're not. I mean, the, the human spirit has risen above the horror. It's been, I'm sure, uh Carl Jung and Freud would have loved to have uh, witnessed that experience because I'm certain um, that they did. I'm certain they did. It, it was. It <laughs> they was may such not have a, physically been here, but I'm sure they did. A, a, a global subconscious uh, wake up call. Well, now, um, so so often when we um go through a challenge um like a single mom or um even if we're going through uh years of college or whatever and we, what i'm getting at is um uh, we, we fall into these patterns of habit um like a single mom's got to put food on the table and take care of the kids and and uh daycare and and we get in the mode of just doing the doing what needs to happen to get by and then you turn around and as we've been talking about this this human persona this human dynamic that we all are is really a very rich vast realm of potential how do we um if a listener has just gone through some tough years and they and they feel like they're in the endurance mode and and they're you know they've had to hunker down and kind of plow through it how how do you how do you blossom how do you um break out of that stigma and and really tap the the potential of your subconscious to to right the ship, if you will, to expand your horizons, to to fill your idea of what your life can be with the um, vast potential that we all are. Does that make sense? Yes, it absolutely does. And thanks for asking. So in the book, I wrote about six principles. And they do map that out because my, again, my whole thing was to reach readers who, um, or listeners, because it's available on Audible as well, but for people to be able to get out of whatever their circumstance is, should they desire. If that's the thing, you know, the title, Subconscious Power, use your your inner mind to create the life you've always wanted. So what is that life you've always wanted, right? So if it is to have an easier go of it, whatever that means to you, then there are six super simple principles to follow and that gets you out. I always say, you know, the, the client or the person or the reader in this case is in the cave and I just happen to have the flashlight and I know the way out and so it's simply following these principles one is it coming into accountability you know that's simply you know on maps on your phone you can't go where you're going unless you put where you are right so that's a simple thing that most protocols start with 
The second principle is to tap into your subconscious. I teach you how to do this step by step. If you're unaware of of all of the magnificent things the subconscious can do, it's actually the easiest thing. It's like I've set this amazing piece of equipment on your desk at the studio and now handing you the manual. You know, you already have that equipment. That equipment is you. That's in your subconscious already. You don't have to go out and get it. You don't have to find it on eBay or Amazon. You've got it already. The third Third principle is do you move toward or away? This is a very interesting thing because it speaks to trajectory. It speaks to your perspective. Like, for example, if I have someone who's unhappy, say, where they're living, I say, how did you get there? Like, was this this move a move towards something that you wanted or was it away from something that you didn't want? So maybe the single um, parent that you're saying about, you know, talking about in the, the hardship, maybe they moved away from someone instead of moving toward where they wanted to be. So we look at trajectory as an important part of this equation. Principle four is judge thyself and thy neighbor. We have gotten very, you know, people are always um, – saying, oh, you know, no judgment, no this, no that. I'm here to bring judgment back because it's a very important part, and I mean the cleanest form of judgment, which is your animal instincts. When you meet people, you instantly are inundated with thousands of bits of pieces of information. And so taking that information and letting it marinate, just like like nature created you to do. I mean, this is if we just get back to who we primarily are, you wouldn't hang out with half the people you do. You might hang out with people that you normally wouldn't speak to because there's a part of us that's like ping-ponging information back, just like we emit information to people all the time. I like you less, you like me. And so that's an emission that we have enjoyed in the past, right? So now mm-hmm. if you start doing that with people that you encounter, you'll start to see this this uh, symbiotic nature, this kind of a, um, like the ping-ponging where you can become, you know, form healthy partnerships, whether they're personal or, or um, business. The next principle is give to get. You know, we've become very coy, women in particular. You know, what do you want, honey? Oh, I don't want anything. You know, everything works on an energetic loop. Everything in nature is, you know, the the even the dying plant is giving to the plant beneath it because that necrotized um, energy is going to become food for the plant, the bigger plant over it that it's feeding, right? If you think of like the jungle floor, everything gives in order to get. And so there's a symbiotic nature. When I ask a friend for a favor, normally that friend will say, what can I do for you? And then I say, this, that, and the other is what I need. And then I say, what can I do for you? How can I, how can I complete this energetic loop? And it's really empowering when you ask those around you. You know, you always hear it takes a village. And it really does. But be brave, be bold, ask for those things that you most desire, and be surprised how many people are willing to help you with that. It's a really empowering thing to not feel alone, to not feel stranded, to not feel abandoned. All of these things go away when you just simply ask. I mean, just try it and see how it works for you. All of this, you try it for a week and you'll you'll get in touch and say how easy your life has become. <laughs> I promise you. My inbox is full of it constantly. 
And then the last principle real quick is just play big. You know, we don't shrink into our circumstance. We expand. And so it's super, super important for people to remind themselves that they're allowed to do that. The universe wants for you just what your mother wants for you. Everybody wants the best for everybody, right? I mean, generally speaking. And so when you come from that principle, you yourself enjoy that energetic loop of people doing for each other and people, you know, applauding you and all that. One of my biggest... um, uh, like hypnotic hacks, which there's lots in the book, but one of them is simply having the, the client lay there, close their eyes. Of course, you know, I get them all super relaxed, which is what hypnosis is. It's, it's like deep sleep. And then I have them imagine all the people that they love in a room and everyone is applauding for them and everybody's nodding yes. I mean, until you've experienced that, maybe try that tonight when you go to bed. It's really powerful, and it's a great thing to do before bed because it sends you off in this really relaxed, you know, feeling like you have support, feeling like someone's got your back. Very, very important to visualize the things that you want. So those are just, that's a start of the six principles and kind of just a little tour around them. But it's, it's super easy because you already have the mechanism. It's, it's in your mind already. It's there. This is simply a manual. Well, very nice. Well, to just anchor some of this, um, can you share some examples of either in your life or with clients as far as um, what some of the potential outcomes are? Yes. In fact, um, one of the things that I, one of the, the issues or presenting problems, I call them, um, or concerns is interrelated with family. So basically um, marital couples or, you know, love relationships. Let's just call it love relationships. What's fascinating is you can fall more in love, and even the term fall more, it's interesting that we use that term. You can become a more loving mate and feel more love simply through the subconscious. So there is relationship tightening models. There are all kinds of um, neat exercises that you can do to strengthen that bond. You can also break the love model. You know, let's say that someone is having trouble getting over a spouse that perhaps has left them or, you know, it's not an ecological relationship anymore for the two of them. And one is less loving more than the other. There's a love model break. Uh, exercise. I mean, it's very interesting. It's really anything you want whatsoever. I I did the love tightening model on a client just yesterday. And um, it's really fascinating how, how beautiful, you know, to see the outcome of these things. You know, the media likes to play with one that I had where the, the actor typically falls on in love with his actress on the set. And so one of the things that I was called to do was to make certain that that didn't happen. Each of the leading people in that film were married. And so in the best outcome for all couples (laughs) related was that they all stayed married. I know. And the media loves to pick up on that one because, you know, anything that, that strikes, you know, people's fancy is always, um, is always talked about more, but it really can be anything. Um, self-love is a big one. Um, you know, not getting in car accidents anymore. How interesting is that? 
um, night terrors. I mean, it, it can go on and on. Uh, obviously, addiction is a big one. Um, I have a lot of weight loss clients that are into, you know, now trying to be more engaged in their fitness. Um, I don't have any weight gain at the moment. Uh, everybody, everybody there is really stable. But as far as weight loss, that's a biggie, I think, because it's summer. It's interesting right. because the in 2019, that fall, I had so many weight loss clients and I, I couldn't understand what was going on. But guess what happened? COVID, right? So, so this is fall of 2019. And I thought, why are all of these people getting so involved in fitness, fitness, fitness? It's like someone, you know, again, not consciously knew, but subconsciously heard the approaching hoofbeats of that because what was happening is we were discovering that people who were fit were faring better, right? And it, I, I even did interviews where I said, I don't know what's going on. You know, I've had so many weight loss clients and so many people involved in fitness, you know, wanting to get to the gym more, wanting to stick to a routine more. Anything you want to do, the path is through the subconscious, period. And so it was fascinating to me. And then when COVID hit and when the news came out about the fitness aspect, I thought, mm, there it is. That's exactly what was happening. We knew, but we didn't know we knew. We knew that yeah. we were going to have to be, you know, ready for battle and ready for a physical fight, but we didn't know, you know, we didn't consciously know, but we knew. Well, I like that right there. Uh, we didn't consciously know, but we knew. And so mm. uh, we're not done with change by any means. And it, it, I, I love that example that you shared that leading up to in the fall of 2019, leading up to um, there was an awareness. So so really to heal your relationship with your subconscious m metaphorically is to heal your relationship with resilience because that example before the event your subconscious, the subconscious was prepping these people for what was about to come, even though their conscious mind wasn't aware of it. So that that's really a kind of a curious take to it in that uh, there's still quite a bit of change coming down the pike. And to really heal our relationship, to really trust our relationship, to really bond with the wisdom of our of our subconscious is perhaps one of the most um, rewarding things we can do for ourselves to keep us in step with the narrative that will take us through whatever changes in the most uh, advantageous way. Does that make Correct. sense? Correct. Yes, it makes absolutely sense. Because the thing is, is that we, this is hearkening back to what I was saying about my celebrity um, endorsements there where everybody is saying, gee, you know, I had a, a bigger life than I ever imagined. And it, we can't imagine what could happen, right? I mean, you can watch every Hollywood film and, you know, and, and they pretend to, you know, this and that, but that anything can happen. And that's what's so beautiful about it all is that you're on the inside track. You get that inside information. You may not decipher it. You may not understand it, but follow it because 
it was very interesting. I even started working on my second book about fitness and weight loss and created a really terrific outline for it during that time because I was inundated with it. It made no sense because in all of these other decades of my career, it had not been that way. You know, it was very cyclical and it was very seasonal and it was very predictable. And then last, uh, not last year, but in 2019, it blew the model. It was completely different. And I remember talking about it Christmas time. I think I did a thing on ePop Daily um, with the folks over there about, you know, and I said, wow, lots of weight loss, you know, I mean, surprising, surprising. Right. Want to get to the gym, want to get, you know, exercising, want to get healthy. Everybody really ramping up their personal health. And then voila, there was our answer. And I knew the minute that they came out with the news, you know, and the data that uh, people who were fitter were faring better. I knew right then and there that, uh, that, that that had been what was happening, you know, and there'll be other things. And so you want that inside track. You know, we all think, Oh, I want to join you know this podcast and I want to listen to this for the inside scoop. The best inside scoop is right there in your mind and it'll guide you to the podcast you should be listening to. It'll pick it, you know, you'll go and pick up the books that you should be reading. You'll turn on the television you should be seeing. I mean, there are no accidents. It's just the most beautiful thing. So you follow these things for a week, grab the book, it's your manual. If you follow those things for a week, you won't believe the week you'll have. You'll be so happy. Simple things, like I said, you know, finding great parking spaces. I mean, why not utilize this mechanism you have? You've got the most detailed, expensive in the, in the aspects that no one can duplicate your brain. They certainly can't duplicate your you know, subconscious, can't even operate on it. It's completely elusive, but yet it runs everything that's good about you. Everything. Well, very nice. Um, Kimberly, I want to tell you kudos. What a, what a nice book. I really like what, how this book turned out. I, I think it's, it's well-written and it's um, the cadence. There's, uh, there's a, a a lot of material, but yet it's not um, long-winded, I guess I would say. Um, so kudos Thank to you, you for writing s- such a wonderful book. Now, um, we're coming towards the end of the hour. I want to make sure that the audience knows about you. So I'm talking about the services you provide. Um, do you work online, in person, how to get your book, web page? Tell us the the whole picture of of you and your services. That's so nice. Well, thank you. Well, since um, COVID, you know, I've been doing a lot of telehealth, so that's really opened up um, an, an ability for people that aren't here in Las Vegas or there in Los Angeles, you know, to see me. And so my website is KimberlyFriedmutter.com, and it's F-R-I-E-D-M-U-T-T-E-R, spelled like fried, KimberlyFriedmutter.com. And my Instagram and all that, you can always DM me, is um, at Kim Friedmutter, K-I-M. Same with Facebook and all of that. The book is Subconscious Power, Use Your Inner mind to create the life you've always wanted and so if someone's interested you know interested in either sessions or just um, following me online those are the places that you can find me well very nice um what an exciting time to be alive uh... <laughs> aren't we lucky i mean i'll tell you the timing is like I, i'm glad that we're post outhouse 
and I'm glad that we're pre whatever, you know, that we got to see what green grass feels like (laughs) here in Nevada. They're, they're really um, pushing, you know, to, to have us grassless. (laughs) So I have my focus on grass right now. And it was funny. One of my clients is up in Oregon and we were doing a video um, call and I could see through behind her to, into her yard and I said is that real grass <laughs> she, she fell over because it was blue I mean it was so you know Oregon they get so much rain and it was so beautiful and so thick and so lush and each spear was like six inches tall and it was just the most green uh, that it would look blue and it was fantastic so she laughed I said yes we're having a experiencing a little problem with our grass in this state but here we are <laughs> right. Just enjoy. Yeah, just enjoy the grass you have. Well, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight, Kimberly. I really enjoyed this episode. Uh it's been so much fun. Do, do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? I just really um feel blessed to have been able to put all of this on paper. And then again, an audible, if that's your if that's your medium preference. But I will say this is that if you have a chance to connect with your subconscious mind, your life will be so much easier. My whole mission was just, again, to give people so many less things to do. You can check so many things off your list if you just trust that little, I, I uh, liken it in the book to an inner eight-year-old inside each, each of us, you know, right before we, we learn to have an agenda and all of that, where we're, we're our real true selves. And so it's that age inside, and may my little eight-year-old honor your little eight-year-old, and may you receive the information as wholeheartedly as it was written and put to paper because my only interest was just to to ease people's um, concerns and just to make life sweeter and nicer for those that could um, you know engage so I do nice. I do hope that happens I know it will because words find eyes <laughs> and words find ears that are meant for the information so Very nice. Well, thank you for being our guest. I've really enjoyed this episode. I did, too. Thanks so much for having me, Les. We've been talking with Kimberly, uh, and the topic tonight has been subconscious power. Uh, Her book is called Subconscious Power, Using Your Inner Mind to Create the Life You've Always Wanted. You know, it's really a testament to... The human psyche, I mean, uh, I I love that last example about how people intuitively knew that health and fitness was going to come into play in the future, in late 2019, in the future, health and fitness would help them. So, So people who were connected to their subconscious impulse were able to prepare before it even happened, Pre- prepare for the what 2020 brought before it even happened. So it's, I mean, we're, we're really very powerful, dynamic, um, resilient creatures. We are. And for myself, I... I really enjoy bringing you episodes like this, you the listener. Here you are at the end of this episode. You've showed up for yourself. You've showed up, 
you've taken the time and taken advantage of the opportunity to learn more about who you are and and what your potential is. It's my pleasure to bring you shows like this. Uh, I'm uh, I'm totally in love with humanity. Uh, <laughs> we're such humanity is such a, a wonderful dynamic experience, persona, narrative. I don't know how you want to try to contextualize it with words. Um, what a what an exciting time to be alive. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.